It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Uh, let's pray for the word. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it is a lamp to our feet. It is a light on our path. We cannot be uncertain and unsure about how we move and where we go when your word directs us. As we enter into a new series, God, of messages, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us revelation, that you would give us uh, understanding, that, Lord God, we will be all that you have called us to be. We'll be so careful, again, to give all praise to you. It's in the name that's above all others that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse uh, 16. Uh, just a couple of verses there. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verses, verse 16. As you're, as you're opening or turning to that, let me just remind you how we've gotten to the point that we are at now. Uh, the beginning of this year, really last year, uh, the burden of the Lord became very strong uh, in my spirit and heart for people that are far from him. Uh, people that don't know God, people that are lost, uh, but also for believers in Jesus who don't always know how to share their faith with people who are lost. Uh, and so this church being a church that has a core value of reaching people uh, and also raising Christians, both of those things kind of intersected. Uh, as I began to delve into content around two particular areas, first of all, uh, the Lord says he wants us to be fishers of men. Remember that? I want you to be fishers of men. I want you to be uh, those who will go out and catch people or win people. Well, if we're going to be fishers of people or those who catch people or win people, we've got to know the people we're trying to win. Amen? And many times we don't know people because we don't take time to learn about them. Many Christians, uh, well-intentioned, live in bubbles. We, 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 we travel with the same kind of people, people that eat like us, people that work uh, the kind of careers we're in, educational backgrounds, lifestyles that we have. So for the most part, most Christians, most people hang with similar circles, right? Uh, and so in an attempt to reach the world, how can we reach a world that we're not aware of? And so we did a thing last year called Voices, where we actually got a chance to listen to different people in the body of Christ who are a little different uh, than what we would normally listen to. We listened to someone who had been in the adult entertainment industry. We uh, listened to someone who had been through the whole uh, prison uh, system. We listened to someone who uh, is a pastor, still a pastor now. As a matter of fact, I reached out to him recently, uh, who believes in cannabis as a, uh, a way to connect with God. And so, some of y'all are like, I connect with God every day. Yes, you do. All right. <laughs> Bottom line, we listened to uh, Craig as he talked to us about, uh, about that and how it helped him through cancer, but also in some other areas. We talked to someone who uh, was a uh, transsexual who actually had a sex change, and we listened to that individual tell us uh, her story. So the bottom line, you all, is that we learned last year to just be still for a minute and listen. And listen. 
not to change, not to fix, but to listen. And so let me just reiterate, in your journey right now, I encourage you. Sometimes, you know, you've heard it before, you've got two ears and one mouth. Be more open to listen than to talk all the time. And be more open to listen to someone that's very different from you. Not to try to fix, not to try to change, but to learn. Okay, so to be fishers of men, to be someone that will win people, I need to understand the people that I'm winning. I need to understand the kind of people that there are. But then you all, I, I, I told you all that we've made a huge shift as a country, a huge shift as a world away from uh, a favorable view of Christianity and even a favorable view of the Bible. And so you all, because of uh, the things that the Bible has been used for uh, in some horrible ways, uh, many young people particularly and younger generations have found it difficult to embrace Christianity because of the way that Christianity has behaved. Let me say it again. Many young people especially have, been, have had a difficult time embracing the Bible and embracing Christianity because of the way in which the Bible has been misused and the way in which Christianity has been also mishandled. And so you all, we talked about how do we look at how the Bible came to be and how do we evaluate maybe the ways in which it's been misused? How do we trust it? Can we trust it? And should we trust it? So for the beginning of this year, for the first three months or so, uh, we spent that time talking about the canon of Scripture. How do we come up with the 66 books of the Bible? What is the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? Remember we talked about that? We talked about how the Bible and how Christianity has shaped Western culture, even the rule of law in which our nation uh, lives under. And we talked about the impact that it has made. But we also talked about the negative things that have happened through Christianity. We talked about the Crusades. We talked about slavery and how many Christians use the Bible as a tool and a reason to perpetuate uh, slavery. So we, we covered all those bases, but we ended up, we landed on the fact that this church, I can't speak about any other church, this church chooses to believe that the word of God is trustworthy. Let me say it again. This church, this ministry, has chosen to believe that the word of God is trustworthy. Well, why do you say that? I'm glad you asked. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action, so that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So 2 Timothy says that the word of God is God-breathed. The scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration. So we believe that the Bible is not just written by people. Of course, God used people to write it. But the writing that they did was what? God-breathed, Holy Spirit-inspired. So we believe then that the things that we read in the Bible are not just the will of man, but really the will of God. Are you following me? So if we need to know what is the will of God for my life, well, the word of God will tell us what the will of God is for my life. What, listen, what is the will of God as it relates to this subject? What is the view of God as it relates to that subject? How does God see that? 
Well, we don't leave it up to chance. We go back to the word of God to find out what it says. And the word of God becomes the lens by which we see the world. Are you hearing that? The word of God, the Bible, becomes the lens by which we see the world. Uh, some would call it a biblical worldview. So if we believe that the Bible is inspired, God breathed, what is it good for? It says it's good to instruct you. So when, when I'm up standing before you, when these other pastors and other ministers are standing before you, we're not necessarily standing before you with our own thoughts and our own opinions and, and what we read uh, in the New York Times and what we saw on television. Uh, no, we're not here to just kind of populate uh, the, the popular things of the day in your ears and in your minds, but we're here to open the word of God and to instruct you from it. It's good for instruction. But listen, you all, some people come to church and they don't ever want to feel bad. In other words, when I come to church, I want to feel good. I want to be reminded how good I am and how, how, how perfect I am. And all that. Listen, you are, and it's good, and you are, and you are good. God has made you, you know. Uh, but, but the Bible says that the word of God is also for reproof or scolding or rebuke. Amen. How many of y'all see kids in the store uh, and, and they're wild? And the parents can't get no hold of them. How many? Oh, I hope it's not your kids. That's why you ain't raised your hand. How many of y'all have seen children in the store who don't know how to obey their parents? You know why? Because they have not been properly rebuked. Uh, when my mama raised me and rebuked me and reproved me, uh, when I went out in public, uh, my public life was a public display of her private discipline. She said, don't have me beat you in the store like I beat you at the house. <laughs> Come on now, right? So you are the word of God is not just to make us feel good and not make us always uh, walk away with these good feelings. But sometimes, y'all, it will rebuke us. It will reprove us. It will convict us of sin, of sin. Y'all, I fear that the church of Jesus Christ is no longer talking about sin because nobody wants to know that they are sinners and nobody wants to know that there are things that God does not like there are things that God is not pleased with and therefore if I can make God pleased with everything I do and I'm on a journey that's why I cuss you out I'm on a journey. That's why I got so drunk that I was uh, falling out the car and throwing up on the street. I'm on a journey. No, no, you're not just on a journey. You're in sin. Y'all should hear yourselves. How quiet y'all get. That's all right. I don't bit more care when people get quiet. I bring my amens with me. I have a whole bag of them, and I just bring them, and I take them out when necessary. Conviction of sin. Con listen correction of error the bible says that the word of god is for correction of error which means that there are times that you and i both you and i we go left we error in what we think is god and what we think god is pleased with and what we think is the will of god and the bible says when we get in error it's okay because the word of god is there to correct us of error not only that, y'all, is to give us discipline and obedience. 
helping us to be able to live an obedient life to God. Uh, it trains us in righteousness. Listen, y'all, I love this scripture because it means that you ain't going to get righteous overnight. Amen. How many of y'all are glad to know that it's training in righteousness? Some of y'all got saved and you ain't quite righteous yet and the devil making you feel like you ain't no good and you're a loser and you ain't saved. If you were saved, why are you still doing that? If you were saved, why are you still thinking that way? If you're saved, why aren't you doing those things? Well, the Bible says that the word of God, listen, the word of God is present to train you in righteousness. What is righteousness? In holy living, in conforming to God's will. It's not something you do overnight. You train in it. You train in it. That means that when somebody come at you left, you train yourself to hold your tongue. How many of y'all know that the longer you live with God, God's word in you and God's spirit in you will keep you from using that tongue so quick? It's training in righteousness. Are you following what I'm saying? And you are, it's not an end game. You don't already get there always overnight. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. But the word of God is there to help us train in righteousness. To what end? So that we will be complete and equipped for every good work. The Bible says that the whole end game of all of this is that the word of God in us, through us, would be present so that we will be complete and equipped to do the things that God has called and birthed you to do. No one thing, the enemy does not want you to be who God birthed you to be. The enemy does not want you to live your God-ordained purpose for life. And so he would do everything that he can to try to thwart or halt or stop or impede the very reason that God birthed you. But the Bible says that the word of God will give you what you need so that you will be equipped to do what God called you to do. Amen. So that's why I love coming to a church that preaches the word. Because every time you hear the word, whether you know it or not, your spirit is being strengthened. Listen, the word of God is spirit and life. Unlike any other book of the Bible, it's the only, any, any other book in the world rather, it is the only book that is alive. The Bible says his words are spirit and life. The word of God does not return to him empty, but it always accomplishes what he purposes and what he pleases. That means that when you hear the word of God, listen, when you're sitting there, you don't even know, but the word of God is like a seed going inside of you. The word of God is like power going inside of you. The word of God is like the sword of the spirit cutting out the stuff that's not right and making you all that you need to be. I want to be in a church where I can sit under the word of God. I don't want to sit under what Oprah says. I don't want to sit under what the, what the doctors are saying. I don't want to know what, what the current evaluation of the air quality. I want to know what God's word says because God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Listen, y'all, if you got big old headlights, on your feet and big old searchlights on your path you cannot be unsure about which way you walk in when you got lamps on your feet and lights on your path the bible says the word of god is that and so you are we're committed to it are you are you following that so we're in a series <laughs> for the next several months and we're calling it and say and and we're basically talking about the Bible and something. So now that we've established that the Bible is God's word, the Bible is God breathed, the Bible is to be trusted. Now we want to take that 
and overlay it over some subject matters. Now, <laughs> there's a reason why the branding started now, the rebranding. Because I believe with all of my heart that there are people who will tune in, who will connect with us on social media to find out intelligently and um, sensibly why do Christians believe that about that? Let me say it again. There will be people who will try to figure out and listen to a message or listen to content that will intelligently and biblically explain why do Christians feel that way or live that way or believe that way about that subject matter? Because we're able to now take the word of God and overlay it against all of these subjects we're getting ready to talk about. Are you following me on this? All right, so you all, uh, today we're going to talk about the Bible and wisdom, which is applied knowledge. The Bible and wisdom. I'm not going to be long before you. The Bible and wisdom. So, so let me just share with you all from Proverbs chapter uh, 4. Verses 5 through 9, Proverbs, I'm going to hang out in Proverbs for the rest of the message. Proverbs 5, uh, 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, all right? It says, get skillful and godly wisdom, all right? So the, the, the Lord is saying to you and me, first of all, get skillful and godly wisdom. Uh, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. So God says, first of all, the responsibility of getting wisdom and getting understanding is not on him. It's on you. Get, I love this, skillful and godly wisdom and get understanding. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, God says, get an understanding. Uh, many of us put on God what we should be putting on ourselves. God, I don't know what you want to do with my life. Uh, well, you need to get wisdom and figure out from me in some other ways the direction I'm leading you in. Could it be that maybe the way that you're wired and the temperament that you've been given, the spiritual endowments that you're given? I mentioned earlier that God's call on my life shaped the direction of my life. Some of you all got a call on your life and never changed the direction of your life. Some of you all heard something from the Lord but never responded from what you heard and therefore you're living a life beneath what God intended because you did not respond to what he said. So the bottom line is that many of us say stuff like, well, I want to know what God's will is. I wish I knew what God's purposes are for my life. He says, well, get skillful and godly wisdom. Get understanding and do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Verse 6, forsake not wisdom. Watch this now. And she will keep, defend, and protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. You all, that's some serious claims about what wisdom can do for you. It says wisdom will do what? Keep you. Wisdom will defend you. Wisdom will protect you. It says as a result, you need to love wisdom because she'll guard you. So the Bible is saying then wisdom, which is, listen, Wisdom is 
knowledge that is applied. Knowledge is not wisdom. How many of y'all heard the term educated fools? How many of y'all ever met some smart fools? Amen. So knowledge or the accumulation of intelligence or the accumulation of information does not make a person wise. Because there are many people that have graduated from, from, you know, higher levels of learning that still are fools. Right? So it's not just the acquiring of knowledge that makes you wise, but it's the application of that knowledge that makes you wise. Applied knowledge is wisdom. Say it with me. Applied knowledge is wisdom. So it's not what you know, it's how you execute what you know. <laughs> it's not what you know, but how you work with what you know and how you use what you know. Hallelujah. And there's some of us in this room, God has given you so much, but you've yet to figure out how to work what you got. <laughs> Let me say it again. Some of y'all have been endowed with so much. God has given you so many things, intelligence and giftings and all of that, but you've yet to figure out how to apply what God has given to you. And when you figure out how to apply it, the Bible says it'll keep you. It'll protect you. It'll guard you. Now listen, you all, I, I realized early on that God had given me some unique gifts and talents that were directly from him. I realized that the gift of uh, shepherding was one gift. It was a gift from God, Holy Spirit gift. Not every pastor has the gift of shepherding. Let me just give y'all some grace, by the way. Please, stop being mad at your pastors who don't have the gift of shepherding. Some pastors are great teachers, but they do not like people. <laughs> And some of y'all are mad at your previous, and they didn't even talk to me. And they didn't stand after service. They didn't hug me. And they walked in the hallway, and they didn't talk. Not everybody is called with the gift of shepherding. It's so funny, uh, but some of the people that, that, that serve here at the church, uh, and Leona, you know what I'm talking about. You're in heaven now. But they tried to get me so much to stop talking to Leona. they like, won't you stop talking to her? She's up every Sunday. Here she come. Here she come with her book. Get ready. Here she come. Why, why are you always talking to Leona? And you know what? They were tired, and they wanted to go home. I'm like, y'all go home. I'm talking to her. Y'all tired? If you're if you tired, just say you're tired, but don't put tired on me. Are you following what I'm saying to me? Why? Because I got a gift called shepherding that I figured out how to deploy it and how to apply it. And the very thing that causes you exhaustion causes me life. Because <laughs> when I operate in my gift, I get life from the very thing that I'm called to do. Are you following me? When I realized that I was not to preach like other preachers, y'all don't understand how hard it was to find my zone in preaching. Because there's a whole lot of methods of preaching out here. And so you all, I would go to some of my white churches and some of my uh, conservative churches, and they stand in one place, and they, they didn't talk real loud, and they had three points, and, the, and, and, and I, I'm like, I can't do that. And then I went to some churches and the, and the preacher would be singing, and they do this here, and they done that, and they done that, and then, and, and I tried that one time, and people got up in crowds. Because I tried to be a hooper, I tried to be that. Listen, y'all, when I realized that God could put his super on my natural, 
and I could be used in the way that he made me, I'm now able to be comfortable in the gift that God has given me the way that he's given it to me. And now to God be the glory. I've been able to take the gospel literally almost all over the world because of his gifting. Taking what I have and learning how to apply it. Taking what I've been given, information and intelligence and gifting and opportunity and figuring out how now do I apply this in the world because I've been, some of y'all have been given networks that you have not worked for God. Some of y'all have been given opportunities and placement that you've not figured out with wisdom. How do I leverage this position for God? So, 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 so your wisdom is being able to take things that God gives and applying it. Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is, I love it. Pastor, how do I get wisdom? You're saying that uh, the Bible and wisdom, I need to have wisdom. How do I get it? Verse 7, the beginning of wisdom is, number one, get wisdom, <laughs> skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. He said, seek a way to apply what you know. Apply what you know. You all, it amazes me how much Christians know and don't apply. One of the dangers of going to a Bible church is that you can't always say, I don't know. You might say, I don't do, but not I don't know. When you know what God says about how to treat your enemy, do you treat them the way that God says to? When you know what God says about being salt, are you being it? When you know what God's word about, says about being light, are you being it? One reason I look for darkness, you know what Christians do, I believe? I believe Christians hang in light camps where light is already present. Then we get some more light and we add to that light. I like going where it's pitch black. Y'all ever been down south? And I'm talking about like when, when ain't, no, the moon, ain't no moon out. I'm talking about, and, and when one little bitty light is almost like a searchlight because the darker it is, the smaller the light becomes bigger. And wouldn't it be amazing that if the church of Jesus Christ, as opposed to running from the darkness, would run to the darkness? Wouldn't it be incredible? And that's what I'm so grateful for, for Deep Waters, who chooses to go into places weekly and every other week to pray for women in the adult industry and to encourage them. Because to me, that's light going into darkness. Are you following what I'm saying to you? And so it would be important then, you all, to realize that when you receive the word of God, like you're getting it, he says, apply it. Apply it. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all that you have gotten, get understanding, get discernment, get comprehension, and get interpretation. So he says, in addition to wisdom, I want you also to get an understanding. The reason why I consistently bring the word of God and apply it to culture 
and apply it to the issues of the day and apply it to how do I respond in this situation or how do I respond in that situation? It's so that you and I would have an understanding about how to show up in the world. The worst thing in the world is to be a Christian and have no idea of how to show up in the world around us. And so your wisdom is applying the knowledge that you have and being able to do something with that applied knowledge. Now, you all know this scripture. Uh, you probably heard of it uh, in James, James chapter 1, uh, verse 22. Just write it down. James 1, 22. Listen, but be doers of the word. Say doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. I love this. It says, be doers of the word and not merely listeners to it. Most Christians, not you, not the one sitting in your seat, but most Christians are listeners and not doers. We love to come to church. Who, 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 who going to be preaching? I want to listen to them. And we love to listen, but we don't love to do what we listen. What happens when you start doing what you know? Some of us have never even seen God move because you haven't done what you know. Give and it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will God cause people to bless you? Some of us have never even experienced the financial blessings of God because you just hear it, but you've never done it. You've never been a lavish giver. And because you've not been a lavish giver, you've never been able to appropriate the promise of God. Because if you give, I'll give it back to you, but not the way you gave it. I'll give it back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'll cause folk you don't even know to bless you when you bless me. But some people will just hear it and not do it. The Bible tells us over and over again that we cannot just be those who come every Sunday and every week and hear the messages of God and hear the sermons of God and hear the word of God and then never do what we hear. Because indeed, if that's the case, guess what? You're not applying wisdom to your life. You're just increasing knowledge. One reason that I ask and encourage our um, uh, Christian education department um, to call itself Christian formation. Because I believe that some churches are perpetually educating people that are never being formed. In other words, we don't mind endless classes if we ain't got nothing to do with the classes we take. Go, take it, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't mind acquiring more knowledge. Just don't ask me to do nothing with it. I don't mind learning about spiritual gifts. I just don't want to use my spiritual gifts. I don't mind understanding what the call is. I just don't want to do the call. I don't, I don't mind understanding that God wants me to love those who hate me. I just don't want to love those who hate me. And so the Bible is clear that the word of God is not to just be listened to, but to be obeyed. It says when we, listen, when we do not apply the word of God, listen, when we do not let wisdom, applied knowledge be the order of the day, we betray ourselves into deception by reasoning that is contrary to truth. You all, I don't finish. 
we're heading to a time where people will not believe that there is absolute truth. And when there is no absolute truth, then you can't tell me that I'm in sin because there's no such thing as absolute truth. Are you following me? So if I am a person who doesn't believe that the Bible is real, doesn't believe that the Bible can be trusted, doesn't believe that there is anything as truth because this is my truth you got your truth i got my truth you believe in jesus i believe in allah you believe you we believe we want to believe it's all good if that if that's the order of the day then the bible says you are betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning that is contrary to truth whether you all believe it or not jesus is the way and the truth and the life and no man or woman can come to the father unless they come by and through him that is what christianity teaches i'm done i'm tired of people trying to make me stop being a christian to make them comfortable i am tired of listen y'all uh, <laughs> dearborn i keep bringing it up. i'm gonna keep bringing it up Nobody is protesting Dearborn, and they shouldn't. It's, it's, it's free amendment, right? First amendment rights. But the women that's walking behind the men, where are the women's advocates? Where are the women saying, you, don't have, you shouldn't be walking behind no man. You in the, this is the United States. No, 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 no. The Quran teaches me that. So I'm honoring my holy book by dressing the way I dress and walking the way I walk, even if it's against American culture. And nobody's shutting them down. In Hamtramck right now, they are sacrificing animals. Did y'all know that in Hamtramck, they allowed that, that city to have a zoning uh, ability that they could have animal sacrifices to God? Where's the, where's the animal rights groups? They ain't nowhere. You know why? Because they respect those people and their holy book. Even though they don't believe that animals should be sacrificed, they let the people in Hamtramck sacrifice goats and sheep because it's their religious duty. Well, as a Christian, the Bible teaches me about what is right and what is wrong. And you may not agree with it, you may not like it, but unless you're going to be an equal opportunity canceller, don't cancel me. And then allow them to continue. Cancel them, cancel the others, then try to come at me. But don't you dare tell me I can't believe the word of God and they believe what they want to believe. Are y'all following me? So Citadel, right now it's easy because I haven't overlaid the Bible and all the stuff I'm getting ready to talk about. The Bible and white supremacy. The Bible and gender identity the Bible in life. I'm going to be looking at the Bible and sharing with you what the Word of God says about the issues of the day. And I believe with all of my heart that there are people who will be seeking truth. They may not agree with it. They may not like, our, they may not like what we believe. But I believe there are many people that are looking for intelligent, reasonable, 
biblical explanations. Because you know what I love? I love asking questions. So why do y'all dress that way? And they'll tell me, oh, you all dress like, y'all dress like harlots. <laughs> Many of the people in the Middle East, they feel like American women dress like streetwalkers. They believe that you ought to be completely modest and appearance. That's, that's what they believe. I want to learn, I want to learn that, right? There are people that want to learn why Christians believe what we believe. But we cannot say that we believe what we believe if we don't do what we believe. So wisdom is not just the accumulation of knowledge. It is the application of that that you have received in knowledge. And so I pray you all that moving forward, you would not just be hearers of the word only, but that you would be doers. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God that gives us the ability, Lord, to know how to approach life. Let's us know what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. It directs us. And so, Holy Spirit, would you continue to show us as a church with love how we can unashamedly share, this is what thus saith the Lord. This is what the Word of God says about the subject. And we side with God. Father, give your people the ability to take the things that you've shown them along the way and not just be knowledgeable about what you've done, but be able with wisdom to apply it. Sometimes wisdom will say, wait. Sometimes wisdom will say, be quiet. Sometimes wisdom will say, speak up. <laughs> wisdom will be our defense. Wisdom will be our keep. Wisdom will be our protector. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray now for every person listening to my voice that you would give her, that you would give him the ability, Lord God, to apply the things that you've given, the knowledge that they've received, the position that they have in the world, the giftings that you've given to them. Let them leverage it all for the furthering and the building of your kingdom. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I wish that I had a relationship with Jesus. I just don't. I really want to know him. I wish I had a relationship with God through Jesus. How do I do that? The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you can be a part of God's family. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin come into my heart I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus name congratulations wherever you are that means that you have become a believer for those of you that are already believers your faith is now stronger 
Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith. Org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.